Welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, a statistics in sports podcast. Uh, I am your host, Josh Tracy. And I'm your co-host, Corwin Heller. Uh, today we're going to be talking about offensive statistics in the NFL. This is uh, an episode idea we had brought up when we did quarterback statistics previously. Today we'll be running through the statistics you'll find counted on pro football reference, just like we did with the quarterback stats. Uh, it's a little bit spare, so we're going to go into position groups and we're going to see uh, what's counted in the NFL's eyes, trying to parse out what we think actually matters, just like we did for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Let's get started. Okay, do um, you want to start with running backs? Might as well. Okay, so we, we were trying to think about the best way to do this, and we came up, We thought it might be best just to go through individualized positions because they won't take so much time as quarterbacks do just because their roles are a little bit more singular. And we're going to be focusing pretty much solely on skill position players this week, so we're not going to touch on all the little intricacies of offensive linemen and the stats that they carry. Yeah, I found a page that has offensive lineman stats and might be worth looking at for like a, a hot minute, but I'm just not sure how much value we're really going to get out of it. But, you know, it's there, so why not? I mean, I love scouting players. Um, I will be completely honest. I am awful at trying to scout offensive linemen just because it's not something I've ever even remotely come close to doing, and I'm not even going to attempt to talk about these stats like I know what's up. So yeah, let's just dive in. Um, to so let let let's start with running back. Uh, I pulled up Barry Sanders' stat page because you Kinda know, good. yeah, why not? It's it's Barry. Uh, so the first thing they have is uh, total number of rushes. I guess we could just say carries because that's what I'm kind of more used to. Uh, do we care? I would care more as a team perspective than I would from a someone looking at how great this player is. Yeah, um, we're going to be – this is something we said a lot in the quarterback um, episode mm-hmm. as well. I think we're going to say it a lot here too. It, total numbers of carries is probably just going to come down to how your offense is being run. I mean – A little bit of skill too. A little bit. I mean, if you are really are workhorse back, like Barry Sanders has what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven years of more than 300 carries in a single season, which is outrageous, even mm-hmm. by today's standards. Um, Plus, his quarterbacks were bad, so they don't want to pass as right. much because, as we discussed in a previous episode, interceptions are more detrimental than touchdowns are positive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's reasons. I think, yeah, uh, uh, eh, I'm eh. If you're like a coach or a GM and you're looking for, you know, to trade or to sign a player, having a lot of carries for players that aren't Barry Sanders is a huge detriment. I mean, look what happened to DeMarco Murray after he had two seasons of over 300 and one over 400 carries. Um, I mean, he kind of fell off very quickly. So let's move on to uh, total number of yards. Uh, I, this, I think, is an obvious yeah. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. Because uh, this is your job. Much as we said, uh, at least I said in the last episode, getting a touchdown as the quarterback is your job. If you're a running back, rushing yards is your job. So do it. Uh, touchdowns? More than quarterbacks, I would say I was this is say more less. important. Really? Yeah. I think if you look at touchdowns for a skill position player, it's a lot of up and down. There's a lot of positive and negative regression each year. Um But if you look at a player's body of work as a career, I mean, you could look at Barry Sanders like we are now six years 
seven years of more than 11 touchdowns a year, which is outrageous. Um, I mean, you could look at a lot of players and see that they go up and down like a roller coaster each year, but touchdown for running backs isn't something where a quarterback dumps it off and lets another player do all the work. They really got to earn that those yards to get those touchdowns, and that's why I carried that weight a little bit more than I would you know, a quarterback's. That being said, you're right. It is a lot on the offense. It can change team to team. But Yeah, to me, a lot of this is, is um, as we're going to say a lot in this one, as we said a lot in the last one, how your offense is kind of being run uh, via your OC or your head coach. But, I mean, a lot of this is also going to come down to some randomness. I mean, did the previous drive land you on the two-yard line? Mm-hmm. Because then you're going to run it, and if you're the running back, that's going to collect two touchdowns like, like Garrett Blunt's 18 touchdown season was the stupidest fucking thing in the world no 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 no. the stupidest thing in the fucking world was Jerome Bettis getting three touchdowns on three carries for a total of one yard yeah so like that's the kind of stuff and this isn't to take away from the running back because that is your job you know it's what you're supposed to do in that given play but it's not the same to me as a quarterback whose job it is is to get the team to be scoring touchdowns. It's, it's a lot of what the running back's going to be doing is just what play did the offensive coordinator select? How are you going to run it? And uh, are you setting yourself up? Are you getting set up to be there? Are you setting yourself up to be? I mean, yeah, a running back's going to earn it. Every now and then you're going to see a Saquon Barkley 80-yard touchdown or some shit. But, I mean, I, I'm going to be hard-pressed to tell you that that's the norm and more so it is just a great play by a great athlete. You definitely make your point, you know. Yeah, it's, but that's the point I'm talking about this, yeah, you know? Exactly. I don't think either of us are going to sit here and say touchdowns are not important or the end-all, be-all, but, you know. It, touchdowns are the only stat that we should be keeping track of. Get rid of yards, get rid of rushing attempts, just touchdowns. Win-loss record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, All right, so moving on next, we have, um, oh, the <laughs> long, longest run. Do we give a single fuck? No. As a, as a fun fact, I think this is great. As a, do we need to have this in our lives? I'm going to have to go with a hard no. Uh, this is strictly fun fact material. Next, we have uh, yards per... I, I guess that's attempt, so I'm going to say it's yards per carry, right? Yeah, yards per attempt. So I'm going to stick in with yards per carry. It annoys me that they didn't put Y-R since they chose attempts to be rushing rushes previously. Why wouldn't you keep your... Why wouldn't you keep your variables static? Why would you all... doesn't matter. Because people who like looking at these statistic tables are people who would be annoyed by that, and they're misogynists. I'm annoyed by this, though. Anyway, yards per um, attempt. Uh, what do you think? Kind of. I mean, it's one of those things like QB arm strength and accuracy where it needs to be above a threshold, but it's... You know, like having a long carry here and there is going to fuck with this so much that it's kind of hard to base this off of, you know, any real measure. Yeah, I think uh, LeGarrette Blunt or not LeGarrette Blunt, um, Isaiah Crowell for the season for the Jets, he had one, like, 220-yard game because he kept getting these, like, 60-yard breakouts, and he ended up in, like, the top five in rushing for, like, two weeks because of it, and he was irrelevant most of the year. So, I mean, it's going to vary a lot. I think... I think if you couple this with a few other stats, like broken tackles um, or yards after contact, some stuff like that might be mm-hmm. a little bit more interesting by itself. I think it's bottom bottom tier useful. 
Right. By itself, I don't weigh this very heavily. I do love to compare this with yards after contact to see what the running back is able to do on its own and to also see how piss poor his offensive line is and how much it's holding him back. Um, I mean, I forget what running back it was. It might have been Marshawn Lynch a couple years ago where he had more yards after contact than he had rushing yards. That doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, it's Marshawn. That's just what that man does. That's why we all love him. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll put a we'll put a eh. uh, yards per game. I think this is even less useful than yards mm-hmm. per carry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're going to have a game where the team's passing defense blows a fat wad and you're just going to pass all over them or your quarterback's hot or you got the backup QB in. So, you're, like, this is just too random. I mean, it's... Over a long-term sample size, right? Like it's beyond helpful. a season, even like it might be, but I don't I care. Mean, it's one of those things where it's cool to be just to take a quick look and be like, oh, okay, he's averaging over a hundred yards a game. That's pretty cool. He's a good running back. I mean, but yeah, when you look at these other stats closely, it's not nearly as helpful. Look, look let's look at Bar- Barry's nineteen ninety season. He averaged eighty one point five yards per game, and then the next season he averaged one hundred three point two and led the league. Like, if that doesn't show randomness, like, it's 20 extra yards per game. And then the year with, after, he had 84. the same team. Yeah, and then the year after Up that, it was down. 101. I mean, like, it's yep. it's so yeah, – let's move on. It's so variable. Um, and then we have rushing attempts per game. This, I actually this do I have, like this. Yeah, I was going to say that this is probably the most useful out of this little group. This is a lot of usage and how much um, a certain team is relying on you as a runner. Um I like to like so for all of these stats, I kind of keep in my head just a little um, marker for what I'd like to see players be above. For an all-star running back one like Barry Sanders was, being over twenty is huge, um, which he had many seasons of. Yeah, and if we if we look at the 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 three years we had just mentioned, where uh, nineteen ninety, where he had eighty one point five yards per uh, game, he also had. 15.9 so 16 attempts per game lowest of his career the year the following year when he had 103.2 yards per game he had 22.8 right uh attempts per game so um yeah this this is this is a, a nice context mm-hmm. stat um i like this one i really for most running backs i mean we're not gonna be looking at barry sanders every time right but for most running backs i'd like to see them be above 15 I, th- I think that's fair. I think if you're below 15, then you're either the secondary back or you suck so much, <laughs> your team's going to risk passing it more. Or you play for the current Detroit Lions. Right, or the New England Patriots, who have like seven running backs at a given time. Um, there's receiving stats after that. Do we care to look at this for running backs, or would you rather do that in our wide receiver discussion immediately following this? So I think we should just mention that we will be going over receiving stats for running backs when we go over wide receivers, just so that by the time we get to wide receivers, we still have something to talk about. Yeah. So let me ask you this: um, How do you like you know just in general receiving? How do you view um, a running back with like good versus poor run uh, receiving stats? All I want to see from a running back is that they have the ability to catch passes if needed. I mean, they're. I mean, you could be. Christian McCaffrey or David Johnson and be essentially a slot receiver for your team Um, and that's fantastic but if I'm looking at a running back I just want to see the basic ability to be able to catch passes yeah it's going to depend on the offense so much more than 
you know, actual ability. So if you can do it, it's a check mark for me, and then that's it. That's all I care about. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think you need more sure hands than you do the ability to catch a 50-50 ball 10 yards out. So I'm sure we'll see some stuff like that in our wide receiver discussion. So that's pretty much it for running back stats. Um, yeah. I mean, fumbles and stuff like that, you just – for any player, really, you just want to see them – be as little as possible um the one thing that they do not have a statistic for that's probably most important for running backs is blocking ability in the passing game um there isn't a stat that records that ability um that's really all based off of what you see on film but if you're a running back that can't pass block you're not going to be a running back that plays in the nfl for very long right well, maybe we can talk about that when we do the offensive line discussion. That'd be interesting. Yeah, we could. Um, I that's one of the, I think it's one of the other things that makes grading uh, offensive line and really any kind of blocking position because we're probably going to end up talking about this with tight ends as well when we get to that section. Mm-hmm. I think it might just be tough to grade it. You know, like I I think for like tight ends and running backs it might be easier because it's very obvious like when you make a block or when you don't. Um, but it's also just so. I don't know. If I, I I get why they don't have it here in some ways because it. I'm sure it is tricky to kind of parse things out like that. You know, like are you doing a pass block because your offensive line just missed an assignment and there's just a, a defensive end flying around the corner because just your your guard just did not do it, or are you pass blocking because they sent in the safety and like now you have to deal with that guy? Like, I I get why it's there they're not there um but i'm with you i would like to see it it does matter a lot it's just hard to know what a certain team's given blocking scheme is what the running back's assignment is on any one given play whether someone missed a pickup off of you know a blitzer or if you know there's just way too much to determine based off of basic statistics where it really has to come down to film and knowing the offensive scheme in place I'm with you. Um, just just to close up on the running back before we move on, they do have a, another section after receiving total yards uh, where they have touches, which is a com- combination of your rushing attempts and your receptions, uh, yards per touch, which is uh, just an average of your r- rushing and receiving yards per attempt, and then your scrimmage yards, which is just a total. Um, those are all counting stats pretty much. Nothing, nothing, really, nothing revolutionary there. Over. Yeah, exactly. Um, then they have... Um, RRTD, which is basically just total touchdowns, fumbles, like Corwin said, and this average value thing I don't really give a shit about. Um, all right, so want to move on to wide receivers? Let's do it. Okay. So for wide receivers, we pulled up the the fantastic and uh, ageless Jerry Rice. Without question, the greatest NFL player of all time. Absolutely. I don't know how you, you pick a different person. I mean, it, people are so impressed by Tom Brady playing at age 42. Jerry Rice Jerry played Rice. until 42. I mean, at a way more physically demanding position. Oh, my God, yeah. This is just inconceivable for, like, any other position or any other person in, in, in the, the history of the sport. Jerry Rice was 42 years old and started 14 games it's just, at wide receiver. That's unreal. It's just fucking crazy, man. Um, All right, so receiving yards. Uh, we are Sorry, uh, targets first. Targets huge 
Yeah. This is the big one for receivers. I want to be able to look at a receiver and say, that team wants to get him the ball. That quarterback trusts him to get the ball. And that's going to show how much usage. I mean, a team's going to have six wide receivers on their roster. If they throw, you know, 30, 35, 40 times a game, like most teams do nowadays, and that you know, receivers getting 10 targets, that's a huge amount, and that's what I want to see from my wide receivers. Yeah, it's definitely when, – when the team is acknowledging their skill like that, that's a huge plus, you know. So, yeah. let's see, Jerry Rice, uh, where did he max out? It was 176. 176 targets, which led to 122 receptions. Yeah, that's so many. I mean, so that that's over 10 targets per game right there. Um, do they have targets per game? I don't see I it. I don't see it, no. No. But, you know, I mean, since he played 16 – Yeah, that's what I was saying. He played 16 games, 176 is, you know, more than that. That's like, what, 10.2? Uh, Less than that, 10.1? 10.1. Yeah. That's great, that's though. A lot. I mean, that's so many. That's a lot of targets. Yep. And he was 33. He was 33. That's <sighs> really old. That's Larry Fitzgerald numbers. Well, actually, Larry's a bit older than that now. He had 151 in 1998 when he was 36. God, Jerry. He had 124 when he was 41 years old and 150 when he was 40. That's just so many. That man is unreal. Like, his records will not be broken. No, God, no. Because it's... Anyway, we've got to move on. Because <laughs> we could talk about Hall of Famers, like, all day. Uh, so, then we have, so we have targets, which is how many times the ball is thrown to you. We have receptions. How many times out of that you actually catch the ball or the counting number. Um, receptions, what do you think? Big, not as big as targets, I think. But being able to catch a lot of passes in a season. Being able to catch, if you're a lead wide receiver for a team, if you catch more than 70... I think you're one of the better wide receivers. I think this only really matters um, when there's a big disparity between this and targets. I don't true. really care. Yeah, I don't really care about this as a as a blanket counting stat um, because you know you could have something stupid where you only had like two catches in the game and they both went for like seventy fucking yards and a touchdown, mm-hmm. so you didn't need to catch the ball six times. Um, but if you got targeted 10 times and you only had two receptions. Ooh, that's looking... Granted, the defense could have played a great game. Or you could just have a really shitty quarterback playing. Right, but it's going to get questionable over a long sample size if like right. every game they're targeting you 10 times and right. every game you're catching two of these balls because that's, that's where it's going to get bad. I mean, we've seen it with some very inaccurate passers. Um, I know... I forget who it was last year, but they had like 25% of their passes were off target. So the receiver was still being counted as receiving a target, but there's no way he was going to catch that pass. Right. Um, so, I mean, discrepancy, like a decent discrepancy is something you have to look at with context. Right. Jerry if had, had massive, 54 uh, targets that didn't lead to receptions i mean that's i mean when you're catching the ball 122 <laughs> times that's gonna not a lot <laughs> yeah it's yeah so you gotta no one's gonna catch every single target um yards as a counting stat before we uh move on to yards i want to say uh keeping track of drops is huge well, yeah, I w- actually i was hoping they don't they, oh, don't they don't damn it i thought I, that's why i didn't say it. I, I thought they were right. going to bring it up no um, wow that's that's really surprising because that i know it's a, a little bit stat. subjective 
but it's not that subjective. And it's one of those things that's a huge red flag for players. Yeah. Like, I, wow, that, I'm, really, I'm really surprised I don't have that. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Because I was going to say, drops, the difference between incomplete uh, passes or you know targets that did not lead to completions um, due to a defensive back or a shitty pass or whatever, and it being a drop is a much bigger thing. That really affects the trust between the quarterback and the receiver and the receiver and the offensive coordinator, which will definitely be a detriment to that guy's playing career with that team until he can until he can build that trust back up. So just take note, as long as drops are kept to a minimum, like fumbles and such, um, it's really not too big of a deal. I mean, people are going to drop balls, but big, big drops, bad sentence yep great radio yeah yeah drops are bad the same way i'd say sacks are bad you lose downs you don't lose yards but you lose a down and it's a little bit demoralizing as a player Um, oh absolutely so i'd say it's the wide receiver's equivalent of a sack uh so now yards as a counting stat it's kind of the same as with running backs yeah like it's just it's nice to have a lot of them but at the same time it's understandable if you don't and you're in a bad offense and such. Like, it's way too much context to, yeah. put, like, put squarely on the receiver. Yeah, I, I'd say this is um, a middle-tier useful stat. It's not going to be something I, I value the most. Uh, this is going to be one a part of an, a, a, some kind of formula later on that will be more useful, but, I mean... It's definitely not useless. I mean, it, you know, you want your wide receiver who catches the ball to run around the field a lot, and you know that's what this is. I mean, I just I want to see consistency through it. Julio Jones has led the league in receiving yards for three of the past four years, and I mean, come on, you can't beat that kind of consistency. No, it's it's why him and you know guys like AB are the best. All right, so now we have yards per reception. Um. What do you what do you make? This is really only great to seeing what kind of receiver you are. I mean, are you a guy who plays in the slot and is just gonna have over routes right over the middle? Are you a deep ball receiver like Deshaun Jackson? You know, it's not that big of a deal. I think this is relatively useful. Um I think you need to know who your receiver is. So I think this is going to uh the additional context given is gonna be who you're grading. You know, if you're Looking at this from the perspective of who's a who's a long route guy, Deshaun Jackson. Sure, Deshaun Jackson, as compared to who's a middle of the Julian field Edelman. That's actually perfect. Yeah. Um, then it's gonna you're gonna want to see what Deshaun's doing, what he's up to. You know, it might not matter. Hey, so- Deshaun, what are you up to, man? <laughs> How's the kids? Um, it, it's not going to matter as much for Julian Edelman. You're probably going to care about the percentage of Julian Edelman's catches. You're probably going to care more about maybe even stuff like is he positioning himself by the sticks, you know, so he can get first downs because he's kind of more of a middle of the field receiver, stuff like that. Um, so in in the right way, I find this useful to a degree. It's helpful. Yeah. It's not you know it's not nearly one of the better receiving statistics that you could keep track of. You know. It's there. Uh, touchdowns. Same as running backs? Yeah, I mean, a little less so. I don't think it's nearly as important as for running backs just because you're relying on 
being open in the red zone, being targeted in the red zone, having a quarterback. Running routes that, in the red zone's tough. Right. Get, having a quarterback that can give it to you in the red zone. Like Julio Jones is a fantastic example, prior to this year at least. Mm-hmm. Arguably the best wide receiver in the game during his entire career. And last year he had like two or three touchdowns total. Does that mean he's not the best red zone target in the NFL? He probably is, but Steve Sarkeesian is really bad at his job. So, oh, he's now fired. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I view Was this he in... actually fired. Yeah, you didn't see that. I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh yeah, Corwin's happy. Just clipped a ton. Oh yeah, Corwin's happy. Spooky Corwin. Uh, yeah, he's gone because that's not good. He's not good at, at what he does as a as a job. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I view this in almost exactly the same way as I as I view running back touchdowns. Uh, much the same way as there was a long rush, there is a long for reception. Do we care? I'm going to say no. I was not paying attention. I was looking up Steve Sarkeesian. Do that after the fucking show. I was just so excited. It's big news. Long reception. Do we care? This no, is, not yeah. at all. This is pointless. Yes, yeah, very, very pointless. Um. Receptions per game? Uh, kind of bit. on board with targets per game. Uh, you like to see them be in, you know, five, six, seven a game if you're a top-tier guy. Um, just being able to have multiple targets per game and having that kind of consistency is what I care about. I I guess I see this as... I can all right. So let me let me see if I can if I can justify why they went with this over targets because I think targets is a team specific metric to keep track of, whereas receptions will take away a lot of the external variables around it. So it's going to take away shitty quarterback throws that were like three yards off target. They're going to take away just a great defensive play where either the defender just did something miraculous or the quarterback should not have thrown it there. Um, so I'd, I'd say this maybe gives it an air of consistency um, in that it takes away some of the randomness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with that completely. So, yeah, I, I for a wide receiver, strictly, I see it. Mm-hmm. If we were talking about an offense as a whole, I think I'd rather see targets. Um, just because, you know, I think it'll be a little bit more useful. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Because then you're going to you're gonna get a picture of what the defense is doing, you know, like, yeah, we targeted Julio... 12 times, you only caught eight, but that's because the Bears' defense is super good, you know? Like, so, yeah, it, it, it's there. I don't mind it. Uh, yards per game, I think this is the exact same conversation we just had. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, catch percentage, which I'm going to assume here is uh, targets and receptions. Yes. Yep. Receptions divided by targets. So, this actually uh, – <laughs> um, Jerry Rice has been has been doing this longer than they had this. So, because they didn't keep track of targets until 1992, so Jerry Rice predates this stat uh, by, look at that, seven years. So, um, that's just funny for me. Do you care? Kind of. Yeah, I I, I like it. I'm not, I'm not sure how, how useful it is for teams. I like it. It's I think cool it's fun see, for us. But yeah, like it's not really something you can just kind of look at and be like, oh... Jerry caught 70% of his passes this year. He's a good wide receiver or no, he's a shitty wide receiver. Yeah, cuz con- conversely to the to the um 
receptions per game. I think this is captures almost all of the randomness. Oh, absolutely. That I just said <laughs> receptions per game removes because to say that you know he's catching um, seventy four point two percent of his uh, targets. First off, I don't know how good or this is Jerry Rice. I'm going to assume that's really good. Um, but yeah. I mean that then you're just adding in all of the the you know great defensive plays, bad quarterback plays, blah, 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 that you just kind of removed with the last one, so I don't know why you need this. I think it's fun to look at. I mean, granted, he did play with, you know, Joe Montana and Steve Young for the vast majority of his career, so that probably helped this percentage a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, though, I think Jerry did more for Young and Montana's careers than they did for his, but that's a different conversation. So now that we've reached the end of the receiving um there is oh, let me ask you this just real quick. Do you give a single shit about the rushing category here? There is nothing I care less about then why than rushing rush? attempts and success for fucking wide receivers. Yeah, it's God. so fucking pointless. I hate when I see offensive coordinators use it more than maybe like two or three times a season. I'm honestly surprised Jerry's done as much of it as he did. I didn't realize like thirteen uh thirteen <laughs> rushes in, in uh 1988. Good for you, buddy. I mean, granted, he had over 100 yards on those 13 rushes, but... In a season, though, so not a dumb. game. Yeah, like, that's ridiculous. Um, So, you don't... Yeah, I don't give a single flying fuck about... Like, this... We've said a few of these stats are going to depend a little bit on, like, the offensive coordinator and how it's struck. This is all... This is all the offensive coordinator. You have... As a wide receiver, you have almost nothing to do with this. So... Let me ask you this, going back to the receiving category, now that we just kind of moved through it in the pro football reference page, how do you look at this if this was a running back? How would you look at this if this was Barry Sanders? I really just want to see that you can catch the ball. I mean, I don't know if we cut this out of the previous section, but I just want to see that you can catch, you know, a handful of balls during a game. You can be successful when you have the ball in your hands. You know, you got a little wiggle in your hips. If you could pick like um, two two of these receiving stats that you would say is most important for a running back, which which like two would you pick? Uh, targets and yards after catch. Yeah, which also is not listed here, is it? Which is a damn shame. Yeah, I wonder where the fuck that stat is because you think that's you you also think that's kind of like right up Pro Football Reference's alley, you know? Like they're because with, with baseball anyway, they're all over. This would be the first place I would look. So we ended up pausing to try to find yards after catch somewhere. Uh, and so Pro Football Reference does not have it, which I think is kind of odd. Um, I think, what was it, NFL.com had it somewhere? Uh, actually, it was ESPN that had it. ESPN had it. So, so I think what that might first off be saying is um, you're entering a point in football stats where it might be dependent on your source. Because I know you're going to have, especially with football, you have a lot of websites that have their own stats, the own things that they keep track of. And so this is where I think it gets a little bit tricky valuing stats because it's a little bit not standardized. Mm-hmm. Um, I, st- I think yards to catch is a great stat, and I think it probably should be standardized because it's very useful. I like being able to see what the receiver can do on his own 
and not necessarily just rely on having the ball being dropped in his hands uh, running downfield. I mean, plus it's going to it's gonna explain a few things. Like if, you know, we have a dump-off pass that ended up going for 60 yards because, I don't know, everyone missed their assignment or some shit. Right. Like that's going to be totally different than Mahomes airing it out for 60 yards. It's it, To me, it's, it's, it's kind of like a yards after contact for running backs. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a little bit... A little bit surprised they have it, but l- so we just explained well, why we like yards after uh, catch, yards after contact for running backs. I'd say that's the same deal, equivalent. Yeah. yeah, same same exact scenario. Well, not exactly the same scenario, but same situation where you would want to value this and what you would want to look for. Right. I think that I think at that point it's going to speak probably more to the uh, running backs' offensive line, uh, how well they're setting him up for the run. In addition to how much he can do after being touched by a defensive player, um, so I, I guess at this point we might as well just go over to tight ends, right? I also yeah. anything else you really want to say about about wide receivers? No, not really. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to tight ends, but a receiver's ability to block, same with running backs, is huge, and there isn't really a stat to keep track of it. Um, I'd say one of the most important things for my receivers, as 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 the general manager of my own team here, <laughs> um, is that they they try on every play, mm-hmm. because I that's one of the things I've often heard defenders talk about with what makes guys like Julio so tough in the field is that Julio will will bust his ass on a play he knows damn well he's not getting the ball, you know, because uh, your your cornerback's going to pretty much stick with. Uh, the guy, it's either in his zone or he's playing man coverage on. But the safeties, you want them to at least be have to think about it for a second. Right. You know, do what's in your power to make it a, a thought in their mind that, ah, shit, do I have to cover Julio or do I have to go cover Calvin Ridley? You know, because I, I think that's going to be one of those you can't really track it and it's a it's a eye test kind of deal. But I think that's something that's also important to me in the wide receiver. I mean, if we're talking about what I would look for as a GM or as a scout, um, an intangible, intangible. Well, it's not really intangible. As you can, there's just no stats to keep track of it. But route running is so huge. Being able to run crisp routes and being able to vary how you are running those routes speed-wise. So I know Antonio Brown talks about it a lot, which is one of the reasons why he's able to succeed. Is on every single play, he'll vary the speed in which he runs certain routes so that he can change it up mid-route, throw the defensive back off completely, and that's how he's able to get so much um, space between him and the defender. Okay, if you want to talk about videos of of people talking about what they do, I watched one with Jerry Rice where he was talking about like knowing how the defensive backs are trained, like you know, you never follow the first cut a wide receiver makes. You usually follow the second one. So now it's like, all right, I'm gonna do three cuts so that I I can lose the defender on the third one. And now he knows I might do three, so maybe I will go on the second one or just go on the first one. Just to like, it becomes almost like pitch sequencing, you know, with that kind of stuff, which I think is cool. Um, so then we move into tight ends. There's actually really- before we do, um, just on one more thing about <laughs> that fucking face. If you do want to go and learn a little bit more about what a receiver or defensive back can do to kind of improve their game and knowing about the little intricacies that you might not notice watching, uh, there's a guy called Brett Coleman on YouTube that puts out some really great videos that breaks down uh, different things that receivers or defensive backs do. 
they put one out on the Bears a couple days ago and talked about how um, Eddie Jackson and guys like Kyle Fuller played the defensive back position and real great, uh, real great watch. You're doing a great job, Brett. Keep up the good work. So jerking off of some random dude named Brett aside, um, tight ends. So there's really not much to go. There's nothing new. I should put it that way. There's no. nothing new to go over with stats mm-hmm. wise, uh, because they're basically just really big, hard hitting wide receivers. Um, Essentially. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 the hybrid of a of a wide receiver and and a guard. Mm-hmm. So, do, does does your valuation of any of these stats change? I think, I think I might take more of a running back who catches view on the receiving end of it. Um, that's thing. That's really only my only thing. Basically, the big thing is his ability to block, and then does he have the ability to catch? I mean, there's guys like Evan Engram who are essentially just wide receivers who line up as a tight end. Um, so obviously, there's different types of tight ends. I mean, there's move tight ends, inline tight ends, you know, uh, halfbacks, what you will. Um, there's a lot of different types of tight ends that people don't realize exist. Um, and I mean, when they're watching the game, they just kind of watch their ability to run downfield and catch. Um, it really all just depends on what you're asking this specific tight end to do and how well he can do it. Yeah, I think that's what some of what can get frustrating as a, as a fan because you you hear a lot of people complain like um it's like a tight end on the Jets Eric Tomlinson who's like an okay receiver, but he's a pretty he's a really good blocker. Mm-hmm. Um and you I you know you hear Jets fans all the time be like Eric Tomlinson fucking sucks. I hate watching him not catch passes or he never amasses a good number of yards. And it's like, yeah, he doesn't and he's not going to. He's he's there to block. Right. Which he does very well mm-hmm. and like sometimes he'll go downfield because they ask him to. Right. And then sometimes they'll throw him the ball cuz they have to. <laughs> and <laughs> and like that's really all we're getting at here. So it's like this is what makes tight ends really tricky to grade, and I think it's one of the things that makes tight mm-hmm. ends difficult to have a transition into the NFL. So I, it really does come down to knowing what kind of tight end you have on your team. You know, I mean, Evan Ingram's not going to be a, a great blocker in tight end. He's pretty much going to be there as a wide receiver. So I get that it's more fun to watch. It's not the greatest way to grade every tight end. On, it's, it's a terrible way of grading every tight end on the field. Um, you should not do that. Um, that's one of the things that makes Gronk so great is because everyone can – obviously root for his ability to catch the ball and get yards after contact and all that shit. Um, but he is also great because when he is healthy, he's a very, very good blocker. And that's why uh, football analysts love him a lot because he does both things well, but he only really gets praise from most fans outside of the Patriots fans because they watch more games, is that they see the catches and they think that's the end-all be-all of the position when it's almost the surface of it, really. I mean, just so that you guys can know what you're kind of looking at when you're sitting at home on Sundays watching it, if you see a tight end kind of uh, move outside and line up in the slot, if you will, he's what you would consider a move tight end. An inline tight end is a guy that's essentially just going to be a sixth or seventh offensive lineman and just line up directly outside of the offensive tackle. And then a halfback tight end or an H-back um, is basically going to line up just to the right of one of the tackles and maybe a yard or two back from the line of scrimmage and is going to be there to be half in line, half move tight end, where they're either going to 
block the outside rusher or they're going to break out outside and go out for the catch. Just so you guys are aware. All right. So then the, I'd say those are the, the, the three main positions that are going to be I guess the three only positions really that are going to be accumulating counting stats for your offense outside of your quarterback, which we talked about already. Yeah, I mean, you'll have an offensive tackle catch a pass every now and again, but Kyle Williams. Please don't pay attention to that kind of statistics for. No, that's shit. just that's just your 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 OC being goofy. Um, so I, I have up now the um the NFL uh, NFL dot com's offensive uh like team offense leaderboard. Uh, there's not a lot. Here, so it should be pretty quick and easy to go through. It's a lot of it's just kind of surface level stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, total offense yards per game, very big. Yeah, currently, let me, I'll just read out the, the leaders. Even though go everyone who can Google, Google this can, <laughs> can find it anyway. Fuck you. We'll do Google. the top three. Um, Kansas City Chiefs leading the list with four hundred twenty-five point six yards per game. Uh, then you have the Los Angeles Rams at four hundred twenty-one point one, and the Tampa Tampa. Oh shit, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at four hundred. I guess they're always losing. Uh, four fifteen point five. Um, Steelers at four hundred three point three at number four. So ain't no go. one giving the fuck. Uh, so what do you what do you? I know you just said this is an important one, but can you uh, and you want to expand upon it? So if we're looking at this from a full team perspective, total offense and you know in turn total defense is huge to me. Um, you know, you're not going to score 40 points a game every week, but yards is the consistency that you want to see when it comes to how well your offense can perform. Um, I mean, you could look at total scoring offense, which is just the average of how many points you score per week. I mean, that's very variable, variable based off of who you're going up against. But total offense is really how I want to judge your offensive skill and your offensive coordinator. I think I don't give too much a shit about this. Um, a lot Go of this on. is going to depend on your field position. So do you have a great special teams? Do you have a really great punt returner? Uh, do you have a good kick returner? Does your defense generate a lot of three and outs? You know, so I mean, you might start, this is stupid, but you might start every drive on the 50-yard line because you've got a great defense and special teams unit. Um, It's neat. But like, like you just heard my surprise that the Tampa Buccaneers are there because they are a terrible yeah. football team. But they're there because they're always playing from behind, so they're desperate to get yards. When a team that's like, who's a team that's really good that's not up here? The Chargers. The Chargers aren't even there. No. They're eleven and three or eleven, uh, twelve, twelve and no, uh, twelve and four. Twelve and four. Thank they you. Just lost two week. weeks gone. Uh, they're they're twelve and four, and they're not on the list. And there's three the top. Or the three, four, and five on this list have a worse record than them because they have a really good defense. Mm-hmm. They have a decent special teams unit, and they they don't really need the yards. So, I think this is cool, and I think there's stuff to be gleaned from it. I I think it's useful to see that you have the type of offense that can produce these yards. I think that's valuable. I'm just not sure this is the picture. I don't think I'm going to care way more about the defensive end of this. Than I am the offensive end of this because a lot of these offenses also look like they're playing to the defense because the Chiefs' defense sucks. The Rams' defense suck. Ah, they should be good and they're not. They should be a lot better than they are. Now you could also say that the Rams' defense is playing to the offense, but I don't think that's true. Um, the Bucks' defense sucks. The Steelers' defense sucks, and the Pats' defense sucks. I will say, I do agree with all the points you are making. Um, I do like to look at total offense as kind of, you know, summarization, you will, of 
what the team has done, but you do make a lot of really good points that I agree with. Um, if you look at the top five total offenses or top four, what we said, all of them are in the top five of passing yards per game. And if Josh could scroll down a little bit, um, one of them, only one of them is in the total uh, top three for rushing yards per game, which is the Rams. Right, and uh, the the Pats are number five on total offense, and then they're number five on rushing right. yards per game, um, which actually is kind of surprising, but we'll get there when we get there. So um, what you could see from that is passing yards are a lot easier to come by than rushing yards, and teams who focus in on the rushing game aren't just trying to get just rack up yards with rushing. They're trying to control time of possession. They're trying to control the ball, and doing so is going to shorten the game, and you're not going to be able to have as much time to move the ball downfield as if you were a passing-focused offense. You know what I'd love to see from here as well is I'd love to see um, total yards from penalties split up from on offense and on defense. That'd be pretty cool. I think I think that would fit into this a lot as well, partly because um, you have a lot more passing plays, not only because there's great rules for passing plays, but hand-in-hand it, it, hand with having great rules comes with having a lot of penalties because – defensive players violate those rules so i think that would kind of be interesting too i'm sure there's i'm sure we could find that for when we do defense and maybe just talk yeah, about could, it overall when we do right. defense but i think that might help a little bit with this as well unfortunately that kind of stuff isn't really included in total offense or total defense right right I'm but like it would be pretty hand. cool to see and to see like what these penalties are adding to these already great offenses all right, so let's let's move over um, down one spot to passing yards per game. There's only these three categories here. It's yeah. very very minimalistic, I guess, in, in their approach. Uh, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who lead with three twenty point three, Pittsburgh Steelers with thirteen point oh three thirteen point oh, and then the Kansas City Chiefs at three oh nine point seven. Then they're followed by the Falcons and the Rams. Sure. Yeah. Just that you know. Uh, this is this is even less this does even less for me than than the others do, um, just because this takes out context even mm-hmm. further. Because I, I mean, why why your passing means a lot, and the fact that we're seeing uh, worse teams on this list than we did with the previous one, with the Bucks being even higher up. The Falcons are now here, who have a sub five hundred record. Um, the Pats are not on this list. The Pats fell off in favor of of the so like. You, you, you're gonna see that like these two teams, like the Falcons and the Bucks, are there kind of desperation, and they they mm-hmm. jumped up so much because they just need yards desperately. So I mean, eh, I don't give a real crap about this. It's nothing great. No. It's one of those things where it's cool to see, but it doesn't really add much to a analysis of a team. No, and then we have uh, rushing yards per game with the Seahawks leading with 160. Then the Ravens at 152.6, the Rams at 139.4, followed by the Panthers and the Patriots. Do you care about this? More so than passing, Yeah, but not too much. I mean, being able to put up a lot of rushing yards per game, like I said, is a lot more about time of possession and being able to control the football. And being able to put a lot mean put up a lot of rushing yards means that you're not really going to get blown out as much. Well you are not being blown out as much because you're able to put up a lot more yards per game. But, again, it's not the greatest stat to look at. I mean, maybe it could be useful if, if you know the, the team well. Like, I think it's pretty neat that the, the Seahawks are there because I didn't even realize they were rushing that much. 
So that just could show that, you know, they're trying to balance out their offense because, you know, we all know that the Seahawks have a terrible history with offensive lines. A and bit. They were in running back purgatory after they got rid of Marshawn. And, you know, like, so it might be a little bit neat for a greater context of things, as I feel like I've said, like, 20 times today. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I also think it's more valuable than um, passing yards. But I can't say I care too much i mean you also have some good teams here because i bet a lot of these teams are doing it because they have a lead you know i mean all all of the teams on this list bar the panthers are above 500 you know granted all most of them have good rushing uh uh or uh, running backs but you know i bet the pats are there just because they probably have a lead for the entire second half yeah. And they don't have to worry about. I mean, that's going. That's not going to put you squarely in the top five solely because you get leads. But it's definitely going to give your running backs garbage time yards, which could bump you up from ten through six to you know five through three or some shit like right. that. They actually are the biggest surprise for me on both of these lists. Just yeah, because I did not realize Sonny Michelle, James White, and uh, Rex Burkhead. I think is still hurt. But didn't they get that guy from the Bills? Mike Gillisley? Yeah, is he still nah, there? He uh, he got cut last year. <laughs> he did really bad last year, and then they cut him in the off season. I don't think he's on a team right now. That fucking shows how much I care about the Patriots running game. If if, <laughs> if, if there's a, I don't even mean that as a dig at the Pats. If there's not a chance, if there's no chance, I'm going to be drafting you in fantasy. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, it's like it's like a rule of thumb is avoid the Patriots backfield at all costs. Exactly, that's why I never. I know a few. I know Sonny Michelle because they drafted him, and I know James White because he's fucking annoying I <laughs> as a player. Up, I will say I picked up both of their starting running backs, Sonny Michelle and James White, just off of the waiver wire because they were excelling consistently. But nobody cares about that. Yeah, no, we we can do fantasy football at another time, I guess. Maybe oh, I can't wait. Um, I think I thought I pulled this up. And maybe we could do it really quick, just because I'm not sure how much I'm gonna have to say about it. I'm not sure if you have more opinions on it. I did find a page that had offensive line stats. This specifically is going to be used heavily in a later episode when we talk about success rates based off of running formations. So. So that all right, cool. So then maybe we can just go. We'll just go through this quickly um, to give a context for it. So yep. when we bring it up in later episodes. It makes sense. Um, we have adjusted line yards. Ooh, what the fuck is that? So those are they don't actually have a breakdown right there, but it's basically yards that the offensive line is giving you. Oh, okay. So the Rams lead this list with no, they don't. It's going by something else. No, the Rams. <laughs> Good job. The Rams lead this list with a five and a half ish uh, adjusted mm-hmm. line. So that, that, that's that's a, a lot. Yeah, that's a cool number. Uh, running back yards uh, is what the yards from the running back will give you. And then power success. So power is a running back, or not a running back, but it's an offensive formation, um, basically with five offensive linemen and then one or two, usually two tight ends. Basically, okay, so okay, I'm with you. You're running it right up the middle without any pulls or anything, and you're just your offensive line versus their defensive line. So is is because it's listed as a percentage. So is that how 
What's that percentage showing? How many times you are successful in using that formation. Um, I don't know specifically how many yards they do so, but usually it's either a first down or four or five more. I know, I think that's yeah, fair. Yeah, I think fair. it's usually... Uh, if you can get four or five yards, that means if you run two or three plays, you're getting a first down. Right. I think that's fair. Okay. All right, all right, second level yards? So second level yards is when you're breaking through and you're getting to the second level of the defense, which oh, okay. is your defensive backs right, and that linebackers. Makes sense. So then open field yards, I'm assuming, would be the same thing, but now we're looking at safeties? Uh, open field is basically just when you're... You could... So it's hard to describe. It's basically just when there's no defenders around you. Okay. So like you could break off to the left side and maybe only be three or four yards off the line of scrimmage. But if there's no defenders there, that's the open field. Okay. I'm with you. Uh, then we have pass protection. Um, we have sacks. So that's useful. I'm assuming that's sacks given up by offensive line. I mean, it's definitely not sacks that your offensive line is getting you. Well, I mean, it was it was talking about, uh, you know, running. Never mind. Let's cut that. That's dumb. <laughs> I forgot that we were talking about offensive line for a second and was completely just thinking about running backs. Um, Yeah, I'd say this is probably more valuable in the realm of the offensive line than it is, but I'm... I wish you know what's weird. I was kind of expecting now that we're at the end because I didn't look at this before we started. Why would I? Yeah, of course. Um, I was expecting there to be like um, QB hits or like pressures or like scrambles. You know, things that are more important than just giving us straight up sacks. Yeah, because sacks you can find anywhere, and I don't think. And we talked about this when we talked about quarterbacks. So I don't want right. to go over it like too much, but there's more useful things, especially for looking at the O line. Um, they have an adjusted sack rate. I'd love to see how they got. I'd love to see what they adjusted to get it, but it's there. Of course, they don't tell us, you know. Yeah, why should they? Do we? So, do is is there anything here you especially care about? Um, not for what we were talking about today. I mean, we'll talk about this a lot more when we get into the success rates for different formations, um, which will be a later episode after the season ends. Um. But, I mean, when just talking about offensive linemen, they're just kind of numbers, and I don't really know how to judge the offensive linemen based off of these numbers. Yeah, this would be a good context thing for looking at, like, running backs a lot, I guess. Um, I think this is neat that it that there's some stuff out there. So, it's, um, I was just reading the just large paragraph above everything. Adjusted sack rate gives sacks plus intentional grounding penalties per pass attempt adjusted for down, distance, and opponent. There Neat. you go. Yeah, cool. I don't Swell. know how to use this now. No, it makes it there. even less useful for me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so overall, do you have any points overall? So the the goal, just to reiterate, of um, when we talked about quarterbacks, is we want to give ourselves a foundation when talking about football stats and so we can kind of have a greater context when we have future conversations about the football topics. Because as we had mentioned, football stats can be very disparate. You have to kind of scrounge to find the ones that you like. There's things you're going to value differently, blah, 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 blah. Um, is there anything that we didn't talk about in this uh, that you think is especially useful that might come up in later episodes? Not, strictly for offense? Not specifically. I think I kind of touched on the things that I like to see from these players, you know, that we won't necessarily see from statistics when we talked about them. Um, but really the big takeaway that I have 
from when I look at these offensive statistics is I like to look at usage rates, you know, targets, rushes, stuff like that. Um, because believe it or not, the coaches that are in charge of, you know, scheming the ball to certain players spend a lot more time with them than we do watching them. So they tend to have a better idea of who actually is the best running back or wide receiver on the team and then getting said player the ball. Yeah, I'm not sure that um, outside the stuff we already said, wow, I can't believe that it wasn't on this website. Um, I don't think there's too much else I really have to say, like, wow, I can't believe we uh, we didn't come across it. Uh, a lot of these are going to be taken in and out of different conversations as they're needed, just because you heard us say so many times the word context, it's still true. So a lot of these are probably not going to come up um, in some conversations we have, or a lot of them will. We might bust out different stats as needed. Um, I, I think if there's anything to be gleaned from this, especially with all, I think we're going to have less of an issue with it with defense because I think defense mm-hmm. is going to be a little bit more hard-lined. Um, offense is just so much um, kind of out of your hand or kind of in the hand of the OC or what have you. So getting, I, th- I think the real goal, as with all stats, but especially with, with, with the, the quantity of stats we have here, is just to get the best picture you can solving whatever problem you're looking at. Exactly. So I, I think this is enough of a foundation for us to kind of have future discussions on offense. Amen to that. Because I think, I feel like I've been talking so much, but I'm just going to finish up. <laughs> Go for it. Nobody wants to hear me speak. I think the main thing to take away from um, our discussions on this and the quarterbacks and the defenses eventually is what we find important. Because when we do like, I guess more advanced stats or like things that have equations or formulas behind it. It's going to be how do you value it, and that's really what's going to be important because you the counting stats are going to be the base for almost everything. It's just how you're going to put them into different equations and how you're going to create a, a variable that you think values that correctly. Like what we saw with QBR valuing interceptions more than the or you know what I mean with interceptions to, to uh, touchdowns. So getting a, a a mode of thought is what I think is. Uh, going to be important with this i can't help but agree you know i will disagree in saying that uh the future defensive episode is going to be more streamlined just because defense there's no dishing out the ball to good players it's really going to come down to defensive schemes but the rest of that i think was spot on i'm all aboard well uh we'll, we'll, we'll we will quibble <laughs> In our defensive episode. Holy fuck. <laughs> fuck off. No, we probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> our disagreements are very pleasant. Um, since we just recorded, like uh, we said in the previous episode, we've been recording these a lot of them back to back. I don't think there's really been... I know that a lot just happened in football, but mm-hmm. um, maybe we can just save all of it for something to talk about as a... I mean, hell Hirings if, and firings. Yeah, I mean, we could do our own podcast off of that and just talk about the non-statistical parts of the end of the NFL season. Yeah, for reference, we're recording this on a New Year's Eve, uh, December 31st. There was a ton of firings, so maybe we'll wait till there are some hirings, and then we can do some... Uh, we'll talk about this yeah, later. I mean, either way, there'll um, be an episode probably dedicated to that. So football aside, anything you want to bring up before we go? Um, I mean, I ended last episode with a Merry Christmas, so Happy New Year? Yeah, sure. Happy New Year. Fox.